0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. So, I met one of my lifelong and closest friends when I was in high school, I was 16. And he encouraged me to come by his house one day and to see him. So I went over there, and it didn't seem like he was at home. And he had asked me to wait for him. And because at 16, you are filled with wisdom, because you are so smart, I decided that I would wait for him inside his house. I opened the door, I called out his name several times, no one answered, and so I made my way to the kitchen, I found a snack, I made my way to his bedroom, I found his recliner, and I promptly fell asleep. I will never forget the feeling of hearing footsteps in the hallway and waking up and turning around in the chair and seeing his dad. And his mother, who i had never met before, and my friend. Now I will tell you, his dad was a very big and intimidating man. And I sat in the chair and I looked at him and do you know what I thought? This is quite similar to Goldilocks. That, That was what I was thinking. And he said, son, out of the chair and downstairs now. I got up, and as I'm making my way down the stairs, I realize, you know, I probably shouldn't have gone in his house. I probably have just should have waited in my car in the driveway. That would have been the wise thing to do. Sat down at the kitchen table, and he sat down. And I just remember how large his hands were and how afraid I was. And I knew that he was going to say three things to me. Number one, I'm going to call your mom and your dad. And at that point, my life would be officially over. Number two, you are no longer to spend any time with my son. Your friendship is over. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances come into my house again. Here's what he said. He reached out and he put his big bear claw hand on my shoulder. And he said, Brewer, I like you. You have guts. <laughs> it took a lot of guts to do what you did. And I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you are my friends, that you are my son's friends. However, please don't ever come into my house again when we're not here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And from that moment forward, I had a very special connection with him. We had a really good relationship, and his son is still one of my closest friends to this day. As I was thinking about that story and I was reflecting on chapter 5, I thought about David desiring to come into the house of the Lord. David was being pursued by his enemies. David is in a very difficult and challenging situation. We've learned from Psalm 3 and Psalm 4. We'll see it again today in Psalm 5. And David declares that the Lord's house is a place of safety for him. That the Lord's house is where He desires to go to be in the presence of God because the Lord has placed His favor upon David. He likes David. David is His son. And the Lord in heaven is His king. And so He has entry anytime because the Lord... Is always there let's pray father thank you for your word which is full of grace and it speaks of your steadfast love which we need we need your grace we need your mercy we need to be overwhelmed by your love because we are everything that you are not speak through me as you as the Holy Spirit goes forth this morning forgive the one who speaks for my sins are great may the message of Psalm 5 change our hearts this Lord's day. Amen. So just to rewind a bit, we have worked our way through the first four psalms. We saw in chapter 1 and 2 that they are connected. They serve as an opening to the entirety of this hymn book for the nation of Israel. There are two important things that we saw in chapter 1 and 2. And they serve as a theme really for the rest of the psalms. Number one, the Lord cares for his people and his word is life. A bumper sticker, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. The Lord cares for his people and his word is life. You can see that in Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and verses 6. Secondly, Israel and the nations are called to submit to God's royal son. I have a plan. I have made you promises. I love you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to deliver you. And that is going to come through... My son, the Davidic son, I've made a covenant with you, Israel. Everyone is called to submit, though. It's not just for the Israelites. It ultimately will be for everyone everywhere. In chapters 3 through 4, we see David's fear and his petitions because of Absalom's rebellion. His son has turned against him. I cannot imagine what that would be like. And so 3 and 4 we see that David is coming before the Lord and he is petitioning him, he is asking for help. Today we've come to Psalm 5, this is a lament. What does that mean? Definition. A heartfelt prayer of complaint that is rooted completely in God's covenant faithfulness because you are my king and i belong to you and i have a place in your kingdom and because i know that you care for me and i know that you hear me i'm going to bring my issues and my struggles and my struggles and my problems before your very throne and i know that you will act because you are the high king of heaven psalm 5 is a lament Now as we wade our way into this chapter, there is a structure that is divided in half. And so what what we're going to see this morning is a prayer request made by David before the high king of heaven, and then the reasons why God should answer the prayer request. So there are two. The first one is in verse 1 through the first half of verse 2. So hear this. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my God, my King, and my God. David is coming to the Lord and he's asking him to hear me. Hear my cries for help. Answer this prayer request. I need your assistance. I need to be shielded by you. I need to be protected by you. I need to be delivered by you. Oh, great God. And then David gives us reasons why God should do that. And so we see those reasons in the second half of verse 2 through verse 7. David says, hear my prayers. Why? Why? And he says in the second half of verse 2, You are my God and my King. You are the center of my prayers. You are my everything. David fully understands that. That when I'm struggling, when I'm hurting, when my heart is full of grief, when I have doubts, when I have problems, when I have issues, when I have nowhere to turn, he is there and he listens. He is there for us. That's what it means that God is our king. We can go with him, go to him with what is in our souls. that is really, really bringing us down. Verse 3, hear my prayers. Why? Because you are the God of renewal. Now, you'll notice in verse 3 that it says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. When we encounter the morning in the book of Psalms, it means a time of renewal, a time of refreshing. So, David is saying, Lord, you meet me in the morning when I rise. Now remember, in Psalm 4, he went to sleep in safety. He went to sleep knowing that God loves him and cares for him and protects him and is there for him. He rises in the morning, a time of renewal, knowing that God is still there. He is still with him. He still loves him. He still cares for him. And he offers up his prayer. Why does the Lord hear David? Because he is David's God and he is David's king. And so he can rise in the morning in great confidence that the Lord hears him. What an encouragement to us as God's people that when we Wake and we put our feet on the ground that the Lord receives us and loves us and accepts us. He brings us to himself. He longs to hear from us. A time of renewal. A time of prayer. Why should the Lord hear David's prayers? Because God despises covenant unfaithful, unfaithfulness. God is holy, And just. So here's what David is saying. Lord, I'm surrounded by my enemies. They are coming for me. They are attacking me. They want to usurp me. They want to replace me. And Lord, what they are doing is unbiblical. What they are doing goes against your covenant. What they are doing goes against your word. I am coming before You as Your Son, as the Davidic King. I long for You. I trust in You. I love You. I'm not perfect, but I am following after You. Lord, on the other hand, those who are bringing calamity into my life have rebelled against You. They want nothing to do with You. Lord, answer my prayer hear my prayer because of their unfaithfulness. David is asking the Lord who is holy and just to act. And then why else, Lord, should you answer my prayer? Verse 7, you are the God of steadfast love. You love me. I mean, What else do we need to hear this morning as God's people, as we come into this place that the Lord loves us? That He has pursued us? That He has graciously forgiven us? That His love for us is steadfast, unending. When we moved to Florida to go to seminary many years ago. We started visiting a local church and decided that it was a good fit for us and that this is where we were going to join. And we went through the membership class. And in the membership class, there was a section on tithing, as well there should be. And they began to talk about the debt that they had incurred. And it was a little confusing to me at first because this church had been around for many, many, many years and the building had been around for many years. Why do you still have debt on the church, the church buildings? That was confusing to me. And as the presentation went further, the pastor explained the reason. So in Florida, you have sinkholes. Often you have big sinkholes I remember when we were moving from Orlando to Jackson Mississippi that there had been um, a a drought of some sorts and that it was creating a, a significant number of smaller sinkholes in Central Florida well they built their church it was a church plant they grew they built their building and it was the day before completion the day before completion the contractor called the pastor of the church and he said, I need to meet with you and I need to meet with the elders and we need to meet immediately. So everybody gathered at the front door, not knowing what was going on, not knowing what was happening. And he said, we have a massive sinkhole under the church and it's going to destroy this property. And so the elders and the pastors looked to the contractor and said, what is the solution? He said, there's only one solution. We have to fill the sinkhole with concrete. And the pastor said, well, what's that going to cost? How much concrete is it going to take? And he said, here's the seriousness of the issue. We don't know. When it's full, it's full. And so for days... Concrete trucks drove onto the property and they unloaded their, con- their concrete. Members of the church said you could look all the way down the major road that runs by the church and see concrete trucks way off in the distance. And so as I was thinking about this in verse 7, for whatever reason, this illustration came to mind in terms of God's steadfast love. Think of those concrete trucks. That is symbolic of His love for us, and as far as we can see, there are concrete trucks bringing His steadfast love to the hole that is in our heart and filling it up over and over and over again. Now, eventually, the stink, excuse me, the sinkhole and this church was filled. God will never stop filling us. He will keep coming. The trucks will keep delivering. That's who he is, that's what he does, and that's how great his unending, his steadfast love is and so what does it mean that god is our king and his love is in unending well for us like king david it means that we can approach his house the place where he dwells it is available to us because of the righteousness of christ come inside come into my presence now if we reflect on the biblical text, we know that this is King David, the temple has not built been built. The reference to the temple is to the Lord's house. This was the place in Zion where the ark of the covenant was held. David could not go all the way in because he was not a priest. But David could come close and he could approach the Lord. And he fell down and he prayed to God because his Lord was there, his Lord who loves him and accepts him and forgives him and has shown favor to him. So we can come before the Lord because he is our God and he is our king. We can enter his house. He loves us. Now, I mentioned in Psalm 1, in our introduction, I mentioned it again when we got to Psalm 3, that you have to understand this book, this hymnal for Israel, in light of who Jesus is. Think about the words of Christ in Luke 24, 44. He says, these are my words, that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So, as those who live on this side of the cross, we have to understand Psalm chapter 5 through Jesus Christ. And so how do we understand the words of David? It's very, it's very encouraging when we do walk through this Psalm and we think about it through the lens of the cross. God has heard our prayers of distress. David is praying. David is distressed. David is worried. Our God hears and has heard, because He is sovereign and all-knowing, our prayers of distress. How do we know? Because He sent His Son, who is the royal, Davidic descendant of King David. He has sent His Son. He has gone to the cross. The distress of our heart has been answered in Jesus, giving his life for us. God has heard our prayers of distress by sending His holy Spirit, Romans 5:5. 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. David cries out, we cry out and the Lord, has responded. He sends His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. It abides in us. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Jesus knew that we needed His ministry. He knew the problems and the issues of this world because He walked among us. He's the Word that took on flesh. And so here is the Holy Spirit ministering to us in times of difficulty. God has heard our prayers of distress because Jesus is our high priest. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives, hear this, he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. David comes before the Lord. He prostrates himself before God's house. He is a man with issues. I need you. I need you now. I need your overwhelming, unending, steadfast love. And when we come to Psalm 5 and we read through this, we understand it as those who belong to Christ, as those who have been redeemed by Jesus the one who is our older brother, we read Psalm 5 and we say, God is there. He has heard my cries. He has heard my my pleas. He has given us the cross. He has given us the Holy Spirit. And He has given us a high priest. And here's the point. That as we call out to the Lord, just like David... Our prayers don't return empty. They don't return void. At the very moment that you are calling on the Lord, Jesus is praying for you. David knew how much the Lord cares. We know from Psalm 5 how much the Lord cares. This is who Jesus is. This is what He does for us. The glory of the Davidic Son meeting us when we are in the pit. That's our trust this morning, Trinity. That's the first prayer request. Second prayer request is in chapter 5, verse 8. David says, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Lead me, O lead me, make my path straight, guide me, watch over me. Why should the Lord do this? Why should he do this for King David? Well, there are two reasons. In verses 9 through 10, we see once again the covenant unfaithfulness of the people who have rebelled against the Lord. Hear my prayers of agony. Hear my prayers of grief. Rescue me from those who surround me who have decided not to obey you and follow after you. Hear me, O Lord. And then secondly, verses 11 through 12, Yahweh is gracious to His people, those He has shown favor. Verse 12 For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Now what's interesting, we saw earlier in the Psalms, when David mentioned a shield, he talked about a very small, handheld, personal shield. But in the Hebrew, this shield is talking about a full body shield. Cover me and protect me with your shield. Now, I want you to also notice that it says, for you, O Lord, bless the righteous. Now, you could translate that bless in Hebrew to crown. Crown the righteous. Now, again, let's go back to Luke. Let's go back to the words of Jesus where our Redeemer, our Messiah, is saying, you have to understand the Old Testament through me. I fulfill all of the Old Testament. And when we understand the ministry of Jesus, we understand what the Gospels are saying to us, we know that He is our King, that He has paid the ransom for us, that He has delivered us, and that the Father in Heaven crowns Him, blesses Him in glory. So think on this. we are united to christ we are adopted into god's family we are his he is ours so if he is king and he has been crowned so have we that the message of scripture is that god has a kingdom a kingdom that's coming in all its fullness that jesus is the High King of Heaven, and that we belong to Him. We are adopted as sons and daughters. And so we are crowned in righteousness. So when we hear David pray in verse 12, for you bless the righteous we immediately realize and understand that God is blessing us. He is crowning us in righteousness because of all that Jesus has done for us. So as the world surrounds us, as we walk through this life, which is just not easy, that we have been crowned in righteousness Because of Christ, God loves us. He has placed His favor upon us. And so because of that, we receive His blessings. We receive the blessings of Christ because of His covenant faithfulness. We receive His love. We receive His favor. And as verse 12 says, we receive His protection. We have a a loving God. And David simply helps us this morning in Psalm 5 know how to pray to him on one hand, and on the other, he helps us to rest assured in his grace, which is new every morning. Take that to heart. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for the very depths of your love, your love which is unending, your love which is new every single morning. Father, Father, thank you for all that it is that you do for us and crowning us in righteousness for the sake of your Son, Jesus. We rejoice that we are part of the family. It's in his name that we pray.